We live in a time where healthcare systems need to provide more services within existing resources. While it is a wicked problem, it can be solved with a little creativity, passionate staff, new ideas and a little help from your local clinical innovation agency. Transforming Healthcare will explore the story of one such agency, Clinical Excellence Queensland. We talk to the people behind the work, who day in and day out are partnering with health services, consumers and other organisations to evolve the system. In today's episode, we're chatting to Michael Zanko, the Executive Director of the Healthcare Improvement Unit, or HIU. Michael, or Zanko, as everyone within the system knows him. Zanko, um, what would you like people to know about what HIU does for the system? Thanks, Craig. I think the name says it all. We're a healthcare improvement unit. Obviously, we sit in Clinical Excellence Queensland. However, our job is to connect with clinicians across the state to help drive reform and improvement in healthcare delivery. Essentially, we work with all levels of people in the organisation. However, predominantly our target area is clinicians and consumers. In a nutshell, our job is to try and help make the system work better for our staff and for the community more broadly. So much focus on COVID in the last little while, but there is so much other work happening within the Healthcare Improvement Unit. What are are some of the key pieces of work that HIU is working on at the moment? We have a very diverse team and we work across a broad range of issues. But I'll start off with a couple of things. Firstly, we have 27 clinical networks. Each one of those clinical networks is doing an amazing amount of work in terms of how the system's reforming. For example, the emergency department network, we have a program that's run by one of the clinicians, Louise Cullen, from the Royal Brisbane Hospital, and she's designed a program called Prove DD. Now, Prove DD's been running for a little while, and one of the pieces of work that's just sensational is the Accelerated Chest Pain Program. And we've seen people that initially rolled up to emergency departments with chest pain being hospitalised for three to four to five days in some instances. Mm. Now people come in, they have double troponin tests, and if they're good, they go within two hours. And I think these kind of clinical innovations are some of the things in partnership with our clinical workforce that we do in the HIU. These kind of things are so good for the system uh, and for patients alike. That's just one example of the network's work. We have other areas of work. For example, we spend a lot of time with the access agenda. So around elective surgery, emergency department performance, specialist outpatients. We have significant networks that spend their energy and time improving how those services are managed and delivered in Queensland. And if you look at how we compare to other states around the country, you'll see that Queensland has been at the forefront for many, many years. We've been in the top percentile of performers in Australia in in those categories. I think that's real testimony to the connections that we have, but the commitment of the clinical workforce more broadly. There's many, many other areas of work, but one of the great pieces of work at the moment, I think, is our Smart Referrals Program. It's a incredibly challenging project. It involves general practice and primary health providers and it's really about building the relationship and strengthening the relationship between primary health and the hospital sector and how we can actually improve the referral processes for patients. It's pretty much a first. It's an incredibly challenging, as I said, program 
but it's going to deliver great reform in how we deal with patient referrals in Queensland. That's great. One of the key things that ATIU is renowned for is freeing up clinicians, whether that's giving them the headspace or all the time to focus on some of these clinical improvements. Can you talk us through that aspect of what ATIU does? That's a great point to raise or a great question. Essentially, there's no secret to the pressures that the system's under, especially at the moment, and COVID's brought around a whole new range of pressures on top of an already busy system. In the HIU, we like to be able to get clinicians to participate in these programs and lead programs. The reform cannot happen without the frontline staff driving the reform. It's vitally important that we establish a framework and a systematic process whereby we can tap into the great wealth of resources that we have. We can't do that if they're locked into the floor. (laughs) We need to be able to set up a system where we can have those people make a contribution to how the system's going to change. So yes, we've set up that framework and we're able to get clinicians offline, but I also have to commend the HHSs for their commitment because they also enable clinicians to participate in especially system-wide, statewide programs. And without that commitment, many of the reforms that are happening wouldn't be able to happen. Nice. HIU's had many iterations over the years. Um, A lot of people will remember back in the day you were the clinical access and redesign unit. Oh, yes, yes. You've had many names over the years. You've outlasted a significant number of ministers and directors general. But what would happen to the healthcare system for example, if the healthcare improvement unit ceased operations tomorrow, how would that impact be felt? That's a good question. I mean, over the course of time, we've been able to connect with you know, literally tens of thousands of clinicians. So the HIU or whatever name we've been known as over many years has been seen as a real central focal point for clinicians to connect I think in recent times, uh, for example, our showcases and our other social media and these kind of things, they they demonstrate. If if you look at the thousands of people, thousands of clinicians that are tapping into those media, you see that the work that gets done here and the the way that we connect people is significant. You know, no HIU would be a sad day. The world turns. Graveyards are full of indispensable people. However, I think it would leave a significant hole in the organisation. One of our recent focuses has been on the older person, also focusing in areas like hospital in the home and alternatives to traditional care. Healthcare Improvement Unit has been a leader in that space. What are some of the other big things we're looking at at the moment? Uh, Look, I think the thing about the Healthcare Improvement Unit and, and our partners is that we're focused on trying to reform the system If you look at what's happening with the population health over the last few years, of course, we've got an ageing population. You've seen the issues around care in nursing homes and other things. We've set up a range of programs with some of the health and hospital services and clinicians that really, really do improve the care for especially nursing home residents. It stops them being unnecessarily taken to hospital, but if they are taken to hospital, it helps them get out of hospital quicker and back to where they live. We run a range of programs around acute care management, but all the way through to palliative care arrangements. So there's a broad range of things we do there for care of the elderly. And we've set up many programs that are very successful to deal with that. That's not to say we don't do anything. We operate across the whole spectrum, so from paediatrics all the way through to elderly and care of the dying. You know, So we have 
a really broad range of programs. Uh, I think we could talk forever, Brownie. <laughs> on um, that's fine. Um, you've been uh, running this show now for yeah. not not for a thousand years, but no, for but a, for a long time, a significant amount of time. Um, yeah. There's been some, as you've mentioned, there's been some huge achievements along the way. There's the Acre, the chest pain uh, yeah. program that you've talked about. There's been the National Emergency Access Target of eighty oh, percent that yeah. we've been heavily involved in. What, what's your proudest moment? Look, you know, I, I really don't think I have a, a proudest moment, but some of the things I might mean, like, for example, we established the Surgery Connect program in Queensland. That's enabled thousands and thousands of people to have their surgery where they were waiting, you know, exhaustively on waiting lists, in particular around people with cataracts and things like that. I mean, I think, I think they're some of the moments I'm very proud of. I also think some of the things I'm very proud of is where we've targeted some of the people that have been sort of, I don't want to say forgotten about, but they've been left on the too hard basket. So, for example, women that have had mastectomies that need breast reconstruction, and we've targeted those people, we've worked with them and we've, we've, got, them, we've got them treated. Many of the networks do projects with rural and remote and I'm, I'm very proud of some of the work we've done around with ENT outreach and ophthalmology outreach that are getting out to some of the most disadvantaged communities in the state and helping those communities. We really have a, a broad reach and I don't think there's any one thing that we do that I'm more proud about, but I think at the core of it, the work we do, I hope, is value-adding to the system but I think at the core of it, we really do want to make a difference for the patients and our clinicians that deliver frontline services. And I think if we can play a small part in doing that, then I think it's an incredibly valuable thing for the organisation and for the people of Queensland. Absolutely. You've talked about the 27 networks and the focus on rural and remote. Um, oh, they're awesome. In the last few months, we've seen the establishment for the first time of the Queensland First Nations Clinical Network. That's a massive achievement and uh, a step in the right direction. Look, all I can say there is it's been a long time coming and I'm extremely glad that we've got that focus. And I have to give Gillian some credit there for coming into the organisation and, and giving us a bit of a steer in the right direction to say that we, you know, we probably weren't doing enough in that space. And so I'm extremely proud that we've been able to establish the network and we're very confident that we'll be able to do very good things collaboratively across the system. I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do in that space. Zanko, any parting thoughts for our listeners as we wrap up this episode? Oh, look, just to say that um, I know that the entire health system has been under enormous stress and pressure. I'd like to say that to, to all the frontline workers and people in, in hospitals, thank you for the unbelievable work that you do every single day. We look forward to doing more good work with you all and trying to make things better for the people of Queensland. Michael Zanko, thank you very much for your time. Transforming Healthcare is proudly produced by Clinical Excellence Queensland. We love to collaborate, so join the conversation on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram communities. To learn more about CEQ and our services, visit our website, 